Welcome back, everybody, to Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Today we're starting a new book of the Bible. Yep, the book of Jeremiah. Yeah. Yeah, you think he got sick of people singing that Jeremiah was a bullfrog thing to him? Um, there's a good chance they weren't singing it then, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They probably sing it to him now. They were singing it yeah. in the to the tune of the Lily of the Plain or whatever. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and isn't he the weeping prophet? He is. <laughs> he probably got sick of that. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, of all the things that this dude yeah. got sick of. He probably got sick of that one. <laughs> oh yeah. Jeremiah and Chip, you have any strong feelings about the book of Jeremiah? I do, but I'll be sharing them throughout the book. Okay. Um yes. Great book. Very great good. great prophet. A lot of connections. All right. Awesome. So we are going to get after it. Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to be reading chapters 1 through 3 today. Jeremiah chapter 1. These are the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests from the town of Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. The Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 30th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. The Lord's messages continued throughout the reign of King Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, until the 11th year of the reign of King Zedekiah, another of Josiah's sons. In August of that 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. Jeremiah's call and first visions. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I'll be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth, and he said, look. I put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up and against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Then the Lord said to me, Look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And and I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord said, That's right, and it means that I am watching, and I will certainly carry out all my plans. Then the Lord spoke to me again and asked, What do you see now? And I replied, I see a pot of boiling water spilling from the north. Yes, the Lord said, for terror from the north will boil out on the people of this land. Listen, I'm calling the armies of the kingdoms of the north to come to Jerusalem. I, the Lord, have spoken. They will set their thrones at the gates of the city. They will attack its walls and all the other towns of Judah. I will pronounce judgment on my people for all their evil, for deserting me and burning incense to other gods. Yes, they worship idols made with their own hands. Get up and prepare for action. Get out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them, or I'll make you look foolish in front of them. For see, today I've made you strong, like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, the kings, the officials, priests, and people of Judah. They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you, and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Jeremiah chapter 2, the Lord's case against his people. The Lord gave me another message. He said, go and shout this message to Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago, how you loved me and followed me even through the barren wilderness. In those days, Israel was holy to the Lord, the first of his children. All who harmed his people were declared guilty, and disaster fell on them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Listen to the word of the Lord, people of Jacob, all you families of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What did your ancestors find wrong with me that led them to stray far from me? 
They worshiped worthless idols only to become worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us safely out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, a land of deserts and pits, a land of drought and death, where no one lives or even travels? And when I brought you into a fruitful land to enjoy, to enjoy its bounty and goodness, you defiled my land and corrupted the possession I had promised you. The priest did not ask, where is the Lord? Those who taught my word ignored me, the rulers turned against me, and the prophets spoke in the name of Baal, wasting their time on worthless idols. Therefore, I will bring my case against you, says the Lord. I will even bring charges against your children's children in the years to come. Go west and look in the land of Cyprus. Go east and search through the land of Kedar. Has anyone ever heard of anything as strange as this? Has any nation ever traded its gods for new ones, even though they are not gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glorious god for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. The results of Israel's sin. Why has Israel become a slave? Why has he carried away why has he been carried away as plunder? Strong lions have roared against him, and the land has been destroyed. The towns are now in ruins, and no one lives in them anymore. Egyptians, marching from their cities of Memphis in Tapanese, have destroyed Israel's glory and power. And you have brought this upon yourselves by rebelling against the Lord your God, even though he was leading you on the way. What have you gained by your alliances with Egypt and your covenants with Assyria? What good to you are the streams of the Nile or the waters of the Euphrates River? Your wickedness will bring its own punishment. Your turning from me will shame you. You will see what an evil, bitter thing it is to abandon the Lord your God and not to fear him. I, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Long ago, I broke the yoke that oppressed you and tore away the chains of your slavery. But still you said, I will not serve you. On every hill and under every green tree, you have prostituted yourselves by bowing down to idols. But I was the one who planted you, choosing a vine of the purest stock, the very best. How did you grow into this corrupt wild vine? No amount of soap or lye can make you clean. I still see the stain of your guilt. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Israel, an unfaithful wife. You say, that's not true. I haven't worshipped the images of Baal. But how can you say that? <laughs> Go and look in any valley in the land. Face the awful sins that you've done. You're like a restless female camel desperately searching for a mate. You're like a wild donkey sniffing the wind at mating time. Who can restrain her lust? Those who desire her don't need to search, for she goes running to them. When will you stop running? When will you stop panting after other gods? But you say, save your breath. I'm in love with these foreign gods, and I can't stop loving them now. Israel is like a thief who feels shame only when he gets caught. They, their kings, officials, priests, and prophets are all alike in this. To an image carved from a piece of wood, they say, you are my father. To an idol chiseled from a block of stone, they say, you are my mother. They turn their backs on me, but in times of trouble, they cry out to me, come and save us. But why not call on these gods you have made? When trouble comes, let them save you if they can. For you have as many gods as there are towns in Judah. Why do you accuse me of doing wrong. You are the ones who have rebelled, says the Lord. I have punished your children, but they did not respond to my discipline. You yourselves have killed your prophets as a lion kills its prey. Oh, my people, listen to the words of the Lord. Have I been like a desert to Israel? Have I been to them a land of darkness? Why then do my people say, at last, we're free from God? We don't need him anymore. Does a young woman forget her jewelry or a bride, her wedding dress? Yet for years on end, my people, they've forgotten me. 
How you plot and scheme to win your lovers. Even an experienced prostitute could learn from you. Your clothing is stained with the blood of the innocent and the poor, though you didn't catch them breaking into your houses. And yet you say, I have done nothing wrong. Surely God isn't angry with me. But now I will punish you severely because you claim you have not sinned. First here, then there. You you flit from one alley to another asking for help, but your new friends in Egypt will let you down just as Assyria did before. In despair, you will be led into exile with your hands on your heads, for the Lord has rejected the nations you trust. They will not help you at all. Jeremiah chapter 3. If a man divorces a woman and she goes and marries someone else, he will not take her back again, for that would surely corrupt the lamb. But you prostituted yourselves with many lovers, so why are you trying to come back to me? Says the Lord. Look at the shrines on every hilltop. Is there any place you have not been defiled by your adultery with other gods? You sit like a prostitute beside the road waiting for a customer. You sit like a nomad in the desert. You polluted the land with your prostitution and your wickedness. That's why even the spring rains have failed, for you have a brazen prostitute and completely shameless. Yet you say to me, Father, you've been my guide since my youth. Surely you won't be angry forever. Surely you can't forget about it. You can forget about it. So you talk but you keep on doing all the evil you can. Judah follows Israel's example. During the reign of King Josiah, the Lord said to me, Have you seen what fickle Israel has done? Like a wife who commits adultery, Israel has worshipped other gods on every hill and under every green tree. I thought, after she has done all this, she will return to me. But she did not return, and her faithless sister Judah saw this. She saw that I divorced faithless Israel because of her adultery, but that treacherous sister Judah had no fear, and now she too has left me and given herself to prostitution. Israel treated it all so lightly. She thought nothing of committing adultery by worshiping idols made of wood and stone. So now the land has been polluted. But despite all this, her faithless sister Judah has never sincerely returned to me. She has only pretended to be sorry. I, the Lord, have spoken. Hope for wayward Israel. Then the Lord said to me, Even faithless Israel is less guilty than treacherous Judah. Therefore go and give this message to Israel. This is what the Lord says. O Israel, my faithless people... Come home to me again, for I am merciful. I will not be angry with you forever. Only acknowledge your guilt, admit that you rebelled against the Lord your God, and committed adultery against him by worshiping idols under every green tree. Confess that you refuse to listen to my voice. I, the Lord, have spoken. Return home, you wayward children, says the Lord, for I am your master. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, one from this town and two from that family, from wherever you are scattered, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. And when your land is once more filled with people, says the Lord, you'll no longer wish for the good old days when you possess the ark of the Lord's covenant. You will not miss those days or even remember them, and there will be no need to rebuild the ark. In that day, Jerusalem will be known as the throne of the Lord. All nations will come to honor the Lord. They will no longer stubbornly follow their own evil desires. In those days, the people of Judah and Israel will return together from exile in the north. They will return to the land I gave your ancestors as an inheritance forever. I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I looked forward to your calling me father and wanted you to never wanted you never to turn from me but you have been unfaithful to me you people of israel you have been like a faithless wife who leaves her husband i the lord have spoken voices are heard high on the windstruck mountains and weeping and pleading of israel's people for they've chosen crooked paths and have forgotten the lord their god 
My wayward children, says the Lord, come back to me and I will heal your wayward hearts. Yes, we're coming, the people reply. For you are the Lord our God. Our worship of idols on the hills and our religious orgies on the mountains are a delusion. Only in the Lord our God will Israel ever find salvation. From childhood we have watched and everything, as everything our ancestors worked for. Their flocks and herds, their sons and daughters were squandered on a delusion. Let us now lie in shame and cover ourselves with dishonor. For we and our ancestors have sinned against the Lord our God. From our childhood to this day, we have never, we have never obeyed him. Hmm. Okay, that's the reading. That's Jeremiah, one, Jeremiah 1, 2, one. and 3. Yep, 1 to 3. Okay. Lots of good so what's in there, I think. Oh, I'm excited so, to find out which one. So, I think I know where you're going to go, but I'm so not So many. I mean, there's, there's a ton throughout the book. But yeah. I think today for the so what, I want to focus on just why this book is in, important to me and special to me and how it's impacted me. Okay. So in um, the summer of 1991, mm. I, I lived in Philadelphia for the summer. I did not go home. After college, I stayed, stayed there, and I was on fire for the Lord. I gave my life back to the Lord that first year of college. And that summer, I just wanted to continue. And I wanted to learn. And for some reason, I was led to the book of Jeremiah. So I worked all day. I did landscaping. And then I would basically come home, uh, read uh, my Bible, Mm -hmm. and then I would run all night. I was a runner. And so I ran a lot of miles at night. And then I would eat, go to bed and do it again. So I'd come home from working a long day. I would go in my, my room. Nobody was there. I would kneel down on my bed, open my Bible, and I opened um, uh, the Bible Knowledge Commentary. Oh, yes. The Bible yes. Knowledge Commentary. Walbert and Zook. Yes, Walbert and Zook. Yes. And opened that up, and I basically did verse for verse wow. all summer through the book of Jeremiah. Every, every, every day uh, going through that book, verse by verse, and just commentary because I was kind of a new Bible student at that time, I mean, really on fire for the Lord, uh, really not at that level before, knew some things and needed to learn a lot more things. Little did I know that this book would be kind of the backdrop for me as God would later call me into full-time ministry Mm. to preach his word to people. And so, you know, uh, early on in my ministry where I, I was, you know, basically I was as good as my last sermon. Sure. So I, I looked for comments after church from people. I looked for text or calls or whatever that day or the next day. And when I got them, awesome. And here we go again. And when I didn't get them, I felt terrible. And it was like a, going back and forth and back and forth. And just reading Jeremiah, I realized God gave him a message. Some of it was good news. Some of it was bad news. At the end of the day, he had to deliver that message. He was faithful. And even at the beginning, though, he said, Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Mm. You know, and whether you're too young or you don't feel like you have the courage or the ability, you know, when God calls you to speak, you got to speak, you know, and I I pray this for me. And Eric, I've been praying this for you when you preach that God would speak to you and through you, Mm -hmm. that God gives you the words to speak and that you would not... Or I would not, you would not, we would not rest on what people say, whether good or bad, but we would preach the God, God's word because at, at the end of the day, we stand before him. Mm-hmm. And and it's and so early on, it was like good or bad and I'm back and forth. And then so for me, it got to the point where my um, I would try to one-up my sermon every single sure. week. Sure, 
Oh, that was exhausting. Mm-hmm. It was exhausting. And in reading through like Jeremiah and, and, and other scriptures and getting great mentoring, realizing uh, I, I can't, nobody can do that. No. You're, you're going to exhaust yourself. Yeah. And so, so I say every week, give me a fresh sermon for your people. What do you want me to say? So I, I think of Jeremiah because as a prophet, he was a preacher. He had to preach God's word to people and, and truth to people. And, and so, and so, I love later on, the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young for you must do whatever I send you and say whatever I tell you, Yeah. right? From God to his people. And don't be afraid of the people for I will be with you and protect you. I, the Lord, has spoken. Mm. And so you and I today are saying some things that are you know, pretty, pretty strong and we're going after culture and what's being taught, even um, misinformed Christian culture, yeah. which is even more dangerous, oh, yeah. you know, and, and more crazy. And it's a lot of fun. But it is at the end of the day, you know, we stand before him, not them. And and I want to be faithful. So this book that started for me in 1991, on my knees every day after a hard day work, changed my life. And it's a book I've gone and, and a prophet I've gone back to over and over again to really help shape me for my calling in ministry and what I do and how I do it. And who I do it for. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to learn a lot of stuff throughout here. But that's kind of yeah. like my little so what-ish kind of background of why this is important to me. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing so, that. That's yeah. huge. Um, I did not know you were going to share all that when I asked you at the Sorry. beginning. If you, No, no, no. Oh. It's good that you shared oh, okay. I didn't. When I asked you at the beginning if you had strong feelings, I didn't know you oh. were going to share all of that. Otherwise, oh. I wouldn't have done that to you. So oh. sorry about no, that. No, no, yeah. Uh, so where's Jesus? Look, this is... Uh, probably the most um, vivid depiction of this bridegroom relationship that God wants with us that we've read yet. We're going to read some more. We're going to get more into it. But so far as we're reading about Israel, uh, God's people as his bride, this is much more vivid than, and he leans into that metaphor more than anything else that we've read yet. You know, um, People want to fit this metaphor to Song of Solomon, but you and I discussed that. We don't agree with that, right? Like the bridegroom metaphor. That's not how that is. But this is very much the bridegroom metaphor, and we read that all throughout the New Testament too, Mm -hmm. right? So, and, And so we realize that the church is a continuation of this desire that God has to have a bride. We are the bride of Christ. In fact, he's coming back to to receive his bride, right? Yeah. And so uh, this is forming, and as you as you read this at home or you listen to it or whatever, I want you to start, and we need to start, all of us as we read this, start forming this idea of as God wanting this groom-bride relationship with us and what the, the evil and dark connotations of adultery that we have. Like when you think of adultery, no one's ever like, oh, yeah, I love that. Right? Everybody hates adultery. All of us hate adultery. Um, when you start to think about the concept of adultery, just remember Israel was capable of that. Judah was capable of that. And guess what? The church is very capable of that yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so we need to embrace the metaphor of Christ as our bridegroom and mm-hmm. us as the bride, staying faithful and being led by Christ. And so yeah. that's where Jesus is in the text today. That's very good. Yeah. Stay faithful. Yeah, good yeah. deal. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tuning in and listening. Yeah, we hope you have Super a great excited. day today. Yeah, I hope. Today's I hope two, is... day 219. That's right. It's going to be a great 219. day. It can't be 219. Can't do it. <laughs> but we're going to try. Bye.